And we are back with another episode of the Mind Body Musings podcast with your host, Madeline Moon. This year, 2020, makes the sixth year of having this podcast show, launching and releasing an episode every single week, recording episodes nonstop. I mean, I don't even know if I've had one week where I haven't recorded an episode in a very long time, maybe years. Every once in a while, I'll definitely take down take it down a notch in regards to how many I schedule in a month but this just lights me up so much and I hope you feel that on your end listening to these conversations in the past month I have taken it up a notch in my intentionality around the show meaning I have I've talked about this but I've added transcripts into the show notes I've been getting new branding for the show, getting my quotes together from each episode so that when I share quotes from the episode on Instagram, we really choose the ones that hit home for you. I have been choosing guests very intentionally based off of how much I'm genuinely curious about their work. And so that's what brought Michael Bates on the podcast, Maria Stark, Dominic Cortuccio, and soon John Gray, who is a fabulous relationship writer. You're going to be hearing from him very soon. I'm going to be getting some people on the podcast to talk about uh, near-death experiences, NDEs. And then today we have Deborah Silverman on, who is phenomenal. She's very well known in the astrology world. If you have studied astrology from teachers or you watch YouTube videos or you're interested at all in astrology or read blogs on it, you've most likely come across Deborah's work. She is part astrologer, part psychologist, part comedian in all real. She helps people turn on their own inner observer to see things they say and do in a totally objective way. Deborah has been in private practice for over 40 years. She uses astrology and her own system called the Four Elements, or 4E for short, as tools to help people step into the power. Deborah's mothering approach to understanding and empowering people from all walks of life, very important right there, has earned her international fame and admiration. She has written a book, magazine columns, hosted a radio show, and has a YouTube channel with over 7 million views. That's so many. She's dedicated to creating community and working for the children. Deborah believes the future is arriving and none of us can do it alone. She's an expert in embracing the feminine and her ultimate dream is to revolutionize therapy by teaching therapists how to provide custom treatment to their clients. Deborah believes in the power of listening. When we are silent, both with ourselves and each other, the messages that are trying to come through us can be given a voice and we can start walking our authentic and powerful path. She splits her time between Kauai and Boulder, Colorado, where she enjoys talking to the beautiful flowers, daily swims, and spending time with friends and family. Uh, Today's show is just such a delight in what we talk about. We talk about astrology in many different aspects, but as you'll hear on the podcast, I told her beforehand, I told her assistant, don't worry about reading my chart. I want to make sure that everything we talk about is totally applicable to everyone listening. We end up pulling up my chart, but... We're going to be spending the majority of this episode talking in a way that's going to be a web, a net, that's going to bring everyone in. So it's a very inclusive conversation, even though we talk a bit about my chart, it's not going to be just about me. This episode is really about woman festing, creating your own dreams, creating your own desires and making shit happen through you, through woman festing is how she likes to call it. And we talk about 
uh, the yum yum factor is something that she refers to of adding more yum yum factor into our life, which means mm, ooey gooey yumminess. But most of all, what I love about this episode is just being in the presence of Deborah. You know, sometimes I listen to episodes and I fall in love because of who the guest is, not what they're sharing as insightful and important and awe-inspiring as what she has to share is, it's who she is that I really love and who I'm kind of addicted to now and who I want. If I'm going to be learning from astrology, I mean, it's going to be Deborah. Let's be honest. It's definitely going to be Deborah now moving forward. So in today's show, we are going to be talking about her program called Applied Astrology. This is a program that Deborah created specifically with her psychology intertwined with astrology, intertwined with the yum yum factor, intertwined with everything being a very individual um, game plan and how everything to you is going to be really unique compared to somebody else. I mean, it's because it's in the stars. It's because it's in your body and human design and astrology and psychology. All of these things come together to make you you. And that's why you may love people differently. You may have different portions of introvert versus extrovert. You may want to build a business differently. Maybe you love funnels and staying behind the screen, or maybe you can't stand that and everything you want to do needs to be in person. Maybe you want to be teaching people on a large scale and get all these Instagram followers because it really serves your personality. Or maybe it's a small scale where you really don't even need to have an Instagram powerfully serve people. And astrology helps you know this about yourself. So one of the things you probably already know, and if you don't, we're going to go into this today on the show, but astrology is determined by planets. And how are you going to know about your astrology if you don't know the planets? So she's come up with a three-part video training series called Meet the Planets. And in Meet the Planets, she will introduce you to the basics of astrology as well as teach you how to access your natal chart. She will teach you the beginning steps in discovering what your natal chart has to say about your personality, your soul, and your purpose. She'll teach you a description of what each of the planets represent, which is awesome, having that very straightforward understanding of each planet rather than a ginormous blog post you have to sift through to find your answers in. She'll teach you where Mars is in your chart and how to reignite your get up and go energy for all those goals that you're setting for 2020. And then she will teach you how to find Jupiter in your chart and what that says about your fun factor and your joy. 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 (laughs) I said that funny. So if you're ready to check out the Meet the Planet video series, because today episode two comes out. She's already got the first one out and now the second one is coming out and then finally you'll have access to the third one. Today marks the day that the second one comes out. So if you want to get both of those videos, you must go to maddiemoon.com forward slash applied astrology and that will take you right to the place to sign up. I am an affiliate for Deborah, so anytime you sign up through me and let's say you really enjoy it and you eventually want to work with Deborah, I get a little bit of credit for it, which is a wonderful way to support the podcast, really, truly. Doing the six years, one of the best ways to support the podcast is to support me via you 
loving the guests I bring on the show. So if you want to get all this free juicy stuff, all you have to do is go to maddiemoon.com forward slash applied astrology. Sign on up there. I will also have a link to that in the show notes to this episode. As always, you know me. I am prepared. It's that Virgo rising in me. Very, very prepared and structured. Which brings me to my next point, and that is if you are listening to this episode after January 15th, you can still sign up for this series. You're going to get more goodies. You could get all three videos, plus all the information that she has about her course, Applied Astrology. The cart opens on January 21st. Cart does not close until February 4th, 2020. So you can sign up any time before then. Let us know what you think about this episode by going to maddiemoon.com forward slash Deborah dash Silverman. Share your thoughts with us. Leave a comment or go to Instagram. Tag us. Let us know. What, what did you learn? What did you love? What do you want more of? That's it for today. Let's head on into this lovely interview with Deborah herself. <laughs> Welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast. It is so good to have you here today, Mr. Ebra. I've, like I told you, I've heard amazing things about you, and I've been reading. I've been all morning reading all your posts, and um, just every time you talk about, of course, Leos, I'm like, oh yes, the vibrancy of wearing bright clothing, and we're in that Leo new moon right now. And I love the way you write about it, and I love the way you write about all the signs and how many different. Uh, categories you go into with astrology not just the astrology so I really appreciate that thank you yeah were you a believer in astrology before you met me I was yes I was a believer (laughs) let's see excuse me um I think I got I got into astrology when I was in high school yeah and uh I've had a few astrologers on to the podcast and it, it blows my mind Every time I hear anything regarding my chart and who I am and, and, and looking at what I've set out to do in the world, it's like pretty interesting how my chart is in, the, in some regard a blueprint for what I've done with my life. It's so interesting to me. And it's so interesting to me that people read astrology all over the world. Like it's a universal language that's transcended time. It's 5,000 years old. Ding, 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 ding. Like, how could something that long survive unless it had real merit? 5,000 years old. Yeah, it's ancient. It's from Mesopotamia. It's from pre-Egyptian. It's in the temples in Egypt. There are hieroglyphics on the wall that represent the same symbols we're using now. It's one of the only things that survived. And by the way, in 5,000 years from now, we'll still be talking about astrology. It's really amazing. And I will say that astrology is also one of the things that um, uh, maybe we can get into this at some point today, but I, I do have a little bit of eye rolling that happens with it. And, and, and I also fully believe it. It's interesting. Like sometimes when I hear about things happening in the planets, I'm like, oh, we're not going to give power to, to that. We, we set out and we do what we want to do and blah, blah, blah. We all have overlapping traits anyways. You can make anything work, you know, like it's just, it, it's people say that stuff all the time. Oh, that makes sense whenever they look at their chart, but then you find out you're actually a different sign. You're like, oh, that makes sense, you know, it, and that bothered me, and, and it doesn't bother me so much anymore, but 
that's one of those things I've noticed. No, it's true. And I'm a skeptic. So I want everyone to hear that. You don't have to believe in astrology. It believes in you. That's my new line. I made it up. Um, it doesn't matter whether you believe in it. It has a lifelong durability because it's the architecture of the human psyche that sustains itself. So when people start talking astrology, what pisses me off is there's so much jargon. Like you start listening, you're like, Pluto is conjunct Saturn, which is conjunct Jupiter. And it's going to like, why can't you just say there's a really significant time right now about, for example, in the planetary experience about government. It should be no surprise to any astrologer that we're in this really all over the world, not just America, all over the world. We're in a really dis kind of dismantling ruckus time around government. Well, that's not a surprise, said Saturn and Pluto and Capricorn, but it becomes a language that, I love your point, that can either be an excuse, like, well, I can't help it, I'm a Scorpio, so I'm mean. <laughs> or it becomes a language that creates distance because there's so much jargon and people become exclusive. When you hear astrologers talking in the corner, you're like, this is not English. They're talking a foreign language that left me out. Mm. Or it becomes a voice of compassion. And that's my promise, is how do I help you fall in love with who you are? Like, really come to peace with this character that you are that's never going away. Haha, mm. there's no divorce in heaven. You are stuck with you across all time. Oh, I love that. There's no divorce in heaven. I made it up. Oh, that's so good. Okay, everyone, you got to go put quotation marks on that and then go share it all around because it's really good. I also love what you said that astrology chooses you. Yeah, that, that, that feels really good. And there's I'm like, no oh. You are stuck with you. Like, think about it. You're born with this funny little personality. And as the years go by, it gets worse, just so you know, spoken by a true elder. And the older you get, the more comp compassion you have, hopefully, for those parts of yourself that don't seem to go away. And there's free will any minute in the day. Mm. Voice again, change the whole story. What is one of those funny little parts about you that you have, you know, you've grown, grown into as the years have gone on that you see kind of pop up here and there? I think one of the funny parts is that I am a funny mixture of being super social because I am a Gemini. And so I have this versatility and this verbal skill set, but I am a introvert. <laughs> so it took me years to figure that out because people meet me and they're like, she's so friendly and she's so lighthearted and they all want to be my friend. And I'm like, can we go now? So it, it, so at first I was self-conscious, like it was so unnatural to explain to myself permission slip to leave Deborah. You don't have to go to the party, but my little Gemini wants to go to the party, but the majority of my charts like we're staying home. So I came to peace with that when I realized, okay, so the criteria is if the party has meaning, if we're sitting in a circle, if there's a real event happening where it's a wedding and there's going to be a focus, I'm all in. Mm. If the party has, I figured it out. It took me years. If the party's random and it's casual conversation, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Some people are so good at schmoozing. And I meet them and I think, I want what they have. Like they can talk about the weather. They can ask about the kids. Like, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so I, I, that was a quirky part of my person. It took me years to figure it out. And astrology definitely was the clincher. Like I have a Gemini son in the house of Scorpio. So I'm a crossbreed of superficial depth. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Now, I wish I had your chart because I would tell you one of your quirks, but 
you asked me not to look at your chart, so... Well, we I didn't ask not to. I just said don't worry about reading my chart on the air. But, ah, man, I wish... I might even have one uh, already pulled I up. can make you one. While you're talking, I'm going to plug you in, baby. Okay, all right. Those magical things in astrology, you never could. You know this? It took hours and hours to calculate a chart. In olden times, it would be only for men because there was so much math involved, and now I push a button. It would be only for men. That is so fascinating. It there was, was not like one woman astrologer. Who was ever. the first woman astrologer? Me. <laughs> you! What an yeah. honor! That's such a great question. Well, there was, there was wonderful astrologers from um, England. England was a country where the kings used to do astrology. I don't know if you knew that. This was really what it was used for was in the kingdoms of very high-level intelligence would do strategy using astrology to determine whether or not this was the time to go to war, for example, or whether or not this was the time for feasting or famine. Kind of amazing when you think about it. So they would track the timing. I can't believe it. it's so crazy. Now I got you, baby. You know everything about me now. Boom. Uh, sitting right My here. Secrets. I'm not telling you. I won't tell the secrets because I've got enough Scorpio to respect your secrets. <laughs> I will be looking at your chart while we're talking. Um, I really love, I love that you just brought some history into that. I'm definitely a history geek and I love hearing about things like this. Um, oh, you are. So, so you're similar to me. Your chart's similar to me. You have an extrovert but a recluse. When you were saying that, I was like, this sounds exactly the way I am, actually. I spend a lot of time at home. I love this right here, like me and you, we're jamming, we're online, but then like when we're done, we're done. And then I get inside my bed and I read my book and then I, exactly. what is the next thing that I have? That's yeah. so interesting. Did you know that you have this, you have a lot of planets in the house of the mystic? Yes, the 12th house, correct? The 12th house. So that's the, now that's the real recluse. That's the person that wants to dream and imagine and envision things and wants to be able to share their visions but doesn't necessarily want to go do it in the way that other people do it like you're like shh so a podcast for you to get into people yeah. okay it's, um, it's it, it i also so do you know much about human design yes you're probably really into that as well i would think yeah you like that you like human. so i'm a projector which also, like, it just ties in so perfectly that I like, I like to keep to myself. I like to do one-on-one -on -one work, and I can help see the, the big empire that someone else wants to build. But I do not want to do a whole bunch of marketing funnels and programs and courses in order to do that. Like, I'd rather just wait till that arrives to me, do that, and then let them go out and build their... That's so beautiful that you know that about yourself. That's so mm -hmm. wonderful. Because human design as the Enneagram, as astrology, are all tools to help us fall in love and not try to be something we're not. Like mm -hmm. when I figured out my social skill is so addicting to some people, like I'm the perfect person to take to a party because I get so interested in people, but I realized I didn't have to. And that was liberating. Mm -hmm. I'm a really confusing mix. I'm like a little social butterfly. What's your human design? I am a generator. Oh. I manifest. I call it woman festing instead of manifesting. I am a very strong man. I didn't know that either until I learned. I, I woman fest. Like my gift this lifetime is, that's how my school, you, you know about my school? Yes, yes. But tell us anyways. I have an online school 
that happens twice a year, once in January and once in September. And we have hundreds of students from all over the world. And I manifested this program at six weeks. It's once a week like this on Zoom. Your chart comes on a screen. There's only 10 people in the room and you study in depth your chart. And you need to know nothing about astrology or you could be an advanced astrologer, but it's the same course because I am a psychotherapist. The class is designed to get you underneath the chart into a psychological conversation. So it's not, you know, uh, will I be rich when I grow up and will I find my husband? It's more like, who am I? How do I take care of myself to be natural and authentic? And then what's the timing of my chart? You learn that in level one. So that school, I woman fested that in, honestly, it was like a bar of soap fell out of me. Like, whoop. Like I had been preparing and studying and teaching for so many years that when it came time to woman fest it, and that's one of my skills. I, I don't know how I did it, but I have literally a team of, there's 40 people in my company, oh. 20 some of whom, 25 of whom are teachers, mentors, and then 15 of whom are my employees now. And I can't explain to you except to say, this is unusual. I woman fested not by pushing, which I think so many women think they have to be boys to be in business, but by allowing the organic immersion of my dream. And it happened because I prayed. Hmm. Any specific prayer or did you just pray? Every day I prayed for probably from when I was 20 years old till I was 60,000 years old, which I'm now, <sighs> my, I'm now in my mid sixties. Um, I prayed every day, let me be of service use my life for the highest value. I'm yours. Please bless me and protect me. Mm. So mm. if you find your own prayer, you guys can steal that one. But if you find your own prayer and you use it daily, the angels are waiting. I know it sounds new agey and it sounds woo woo, but honestly, woman festing occurs from not just the prayer, but devotion to devotion. De ready for this devotion to pleasure on the back of my business card. You're going to love this. It says the pleasure of being in a body. And I had that on the back of my business card for like 30 years and no one ever said to me, why does a psychotherapist, astrologer have that? But I devoted myself to pleasure. Mm. So women, you do not have to be a boy to be successful. Mm. I love you say a boy. That's just great. And I, I, I also love how like, how do I articulate this? you have on your business card something about pleasure and it doesn't make sense with it doesn't make sense with quotation marks in regards to psychotherapy and astrology but you deborah are like i don't care i love pleasure i'm putting on my business card does it does it have the same word that's in my branding no don't care gonna put it on there and it's just you doing you exactly. which is so so beautiful so many people are just like okay everything has to have the same colors and the same words and the same branding needs to be on the little bottom right side of my youtube um thumbnail it has to have the same image and that same image needs to be in the corner of my website here blah, 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 blah. just like perfection perfection in everything and I often think that kind of repels people what we want is you we want to feel you like what's unique about you the little quirks about you that you are you've already highlighted and that is just one of those little examples I'm already noticing that I, I really appreciate and love and I resonate the most with people who who do things like that that are what they you want know, to do you know why? Because your life lesson this lifetime is Aquarius, is eccentricity. You promised mm. this life that you would not stand in the middle of the circle and look like everyone else. Even though you're a Leo and you want the approval, your life lesson is, I'm a little strange. Mm. 
Isn't yeah. that no? Yeah. And so that is because that's because my what what's in Aquarius? I'm because you're Saturn. This is the most important thing that you guys can hear on this podcast. There's so much astrology out there. Oh my God. I watch those people talking and I get confused. Like literally, I, I listen to their videos and I'm like, did she just say her Neptune's opposite Venus in the third house squaring her moon in the second? Because I didn't get any of that. But if you simplify it, which is what I do, you look for your Saturn. Saturn is the most important planet. It describes why you're here as far as what you came to learn. And you were born with Saturn and Aquarius. And I got one more piece of advice for you. In spring of this year, 2020, right down the corner, 60 miles east of here, you are going to enter Saturn return. Yes. And your life lesson is, I don't have to follow. I don't mm. have to fit in. I don't have to be quote unquote normal. So anyone born in from 1991 to 1990, end of 93, they all have that life lesson. Like you don't fit into your family. You don't fit in with your friends. You don't fit in with your collective. You became the individual, if you were built, willing to be yourself, to say, why don't you put in the back of your business card something that doesn't even fit yeah. And then I'll like you more. Wow. That's a, so that's a really good tidbit for me to know for my coaching, whenever I'm speaking with people around my age. So like, that's fascinating. I didn't know that. Um, but it, it makes so much sense because the very first coach that I hired, I wanted to work with, he wrote a book, um, very like eccentric guy with long curly hair, looked like Jesus. And he so much like, like a really beautiful, sexy Jesus. Um, if you're listening to this, hi Jake. Um, so I like he, his YouTube videos were just like him holding it and not high quality at the very beginning. And he was just talking into it and, and like, it would just be a five minute video of him rambling not like very polished, like the top five, like, no, it was just like, you go out there and you do your dreams. Like, let's all just do our, like, just kind of all over the place. And like his marketing was uh, getting a white Microsoft page that was like big letters in red and then like different size fonts and just not put together at all. No logo, no, no footer, no nothing. I loved the crap out of him. Like even his emails, he would write me things and it wasn't, punctuated correctly there weren't capitalized like first letter of the words that needed to be and even that I was like I dig you because you're doing things differently and kind of immature and it feels good because it feels raw and everyone that I've worked with since various levels of polish but they don't stress about getting back to people on time or like fitting into molds everyone I've worked with is not a mold fitter so it's really like, thank you for sharing that with me because it resonates with me and that's kind of how I want to be in my business as well. And that's part of what your podcast is, is encouraging individuality and letting people show up. And mm -hmm. that is, and so on the back of my business card, back to that, that one person in all those years noticed, like, what does this mean? The pleasure of being in a body, if I'm going to be on this planet, if I'm not doing the yum yum factor, if there's not something delicious nearby, granted I work because I've got a big company with a lot of, they're all women. I work with only women. Mm -hmm. And I encourage them to think about the pleasure of being in a body and making sure this place is delicious. So it's not just harsh. It's hard enough being in the, on this planet. If I can't have fun here, I'm going home. <laughs> Tell me more about the yum yum factor in your life. What are some of your yum yum anchors? You got to have these yum yums. So starting at the top, I start the day with burning my favorite incense. I have this incense that I love. It's blue pearl called cedarwood. 
It smells like chocolate chip cookies. So I start the day with yum yum smells. And I have my favorite candle that I travel with because it smells so good. Then all my sheets and my pillows and my clothes, I only wear things that make you go, mmm. Mm. Whether it's cashmere or whether it's the best bamboo sheets, it doesn't, and they, it doesn't have to be so expensive. Or like even when you get those big puffy, because I live part-time in Colorado, down jackets, but they have to, like when you touch it, everything, when I go in the stores, I touch everything and I smell it. So if mm. it's not essential, and I can't figure out people, like if my shoes aren't giving me a hug, they have to be taken off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't really understand why people allow themselves to not be comfortable. Spoken like a true Boulderite and Kauaiite. And that is why I live in Boulderite and Kauai Lite. Like, give me a place to live where the sun will give me kisses. And I, you know, I made this a very concrete skill that I've practiced throughout my lifetime because my life was so hard. So hmm. this comes to me as medicine. Yum yum factor is medicine. What will it take in this life? And even eating, like I have never eaten meat since I was very young. But when I eat, like last night, we had these Brussels sprouts that I don't know what they did to them, but I make sure that I eat them really slowly. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a crispy Brussels is like yeah. the, the best. Yeah. That was it. So everything in this life, I'm very deliberate about the sensual, the healthy, the vibrancy, the aliveness. And that makes me feel like I like being alive. Yeah. Pleasure is like, I mean, like once you start... I, about two years ago, one of my main practices was to ask myself in the morning because I was so in my structure and I wanted to get out of that. So I started to ask myself, where's pleasure leading me today? And it was scary, but I would just see like, okay, instead of counting my macros with my food and like going to the gym this way and just doing things on autopilot, I would see where's pleasure leading me. And oftentimes it would lead me to working in bed. I'd still be working, but I'd be doing it in bed on a nice soft texture opening the windows so I could feel the breeze and something is so erotic about strawberries just just plain like biting into a strawberry and then observing it half bitten is one of my favorite things like add that in the bed with the with the blinds open and it's like oh yes so much goodness oh yeah goodness and I think our society as women particularly but men too we were taught in the past to be austere and that you had to wear these little tight, like, like the corsets and that you had to put on all this makeup and spray your hair and that you had to create this image that was so tight and so contracted. And now we live in a world where the sky, this is the Aquarian age, by the way, that was the Piscean age. In the Piscean age, which was 2,100 years, you had to live a life that was following the norm. And the norm was sacrificed, like even the symbol of Christ, which was the essence of the Piscean age. He was sacrificed. That was that last movie. Now we just changed in the 1960s to the Aquarian age. And now the sky's a little, okay, you guys, honestly, anything goes. You can mm. be yourself and there's no right or wrong anymore. So off went the corsets and they burnt their bras. This is the 1960s. <laughs> the transition happened. And then drugs became like now the ingestion of CBD and THC is I live in Colorado. I'm like, what? I remember being so scared. You were never allowed to have that pleasure or being allowed to let yourself can CBD. Who even heard of that? And now it's everywhere. So we've changed. The Aquarian age is here. You can go to a store. I could not, I'll never forget this. 
going in Colorado to the store and seeing marijuana in boxes on the counter. Mm-hmm. Like, did we just move into the future? Did the plane go so fast and no one told me where we were going? Mm-hmm. By the way, I just moved from Boulder. I've been there the past six years of my life. Yeah, I just moved. I just moved to New York in, this year. Wow. Yeah. No. Yeah, Boulder. I know. Oh, yeah. Oh, Boulder. And I was thinking, I wonder where she got those Brussels. Have I been there? Have I been to this Brussels sprout place? So now, I'm, where'd you get your Brussels sprouts? Well, right now I'm in San Francisco. And oh, okay. I was in Mill Valley last night. My sweetie lives here. And um, I don't even know the name of the restaurant where I would tell you. But Boulder is a pleasurable place. It mm-hmm. has the sunshine. That's the other thing. I am very responsive to weather. And I make a conscious effort to acknowledging the sun coming up, the sun going down. I make a practice. A really mm. honorable. I think we've lost the pleasure of being in a body because we've lost the sacred. Mm-hmm. So for me, lighting a candle, mm. lighting incense, putting on my favorite music, that's one of my yum yum factors. Yeah. Mm. I'm sure you know Trevor Hall. He's one of my heroes. Yes. I've had him on the show, actually. He's one of my kids. Mm. Yeah. He's given me lots of quotes in, in that one episode that I just now kind of rely on it, like life lessons. I just would love to be a fly on Trevor Hall's walls just one day to listen to the way he, he like talks on a regular basis and what wisdom pours out of him. That he studied astrology and he's an astrologer now. Oh, it's from you. Oh, yeah. okay. Now I see. Amazing. He moved to live near closer to me. We have a very family-like relationship with he and his wife. And yeah, so his, his life lesson and my life lesson are the exact same degree. And so when we met, there was this like ding, 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 ding. And on my 60th birthday, which was three years ago, in front of a huge audience, I didn't know, I was there on my birthday at one of the shows. He actually brought me up to the stage. I didn't know it was going to happen with a cake. Stop. No, I was, I couldn't even talk. (laughs) I was so emotionally, Mm. um, yeah, that was a moment of my life I'll never forget. That's love. Like, I just feel nothing, but like, to be able to, to, to take your time, to slow down, to get to know someone who's not just your significant other, your mom, your dad, your brother, like, to see like a, and feel a soul connection with someone and truly nurture and care that with that relationship so much to the point that you like honor them publicly or like gift them, like, even if it's not a singer, like following up with your friends when they know when you know they've had a bad day is one of my like favorite small ways to just say I see you but those kind of connections that kind of love just from someone who like the soul connection and he is one soulful being so that's another yum yum factor I put Trevor Hall on and I feel so much better Mm. I love what you said too just about like um we lose pleasure because we have lost the sacred and that feels really true. That feels very, very true. And being able to connect with the bottom, the soles of your feet on the hardwood or feeling the sun on your skin, the the miracle of little creepy crawly critters that are like helping our ecosystem move along and that your little dog's heartbeat and his chest raising when he's breathing like these things are all around us these beautiful things and when we live in our world up here in the head instead of in our lower body like in our yoni in our breath in our lower abdomen our belly Again, the other thing you said about constricting, right? We constricted and got so tight that our cervixes got tight and our, our, we became like energetically anal. And like that's part of um, the lineage as well from 
this is something that's been dropped into my life recently, so I don't know much about it, but the lineage of the straight white female woman in this culture has learned how to get like tighter and taller and be in your head and rise up and all of these kinds of things as part of like um, the um, white privilege. I'm not going to go into that right now, but it's really <laughs> interesting how all of that is tying in the corset, the get taller, be, be this, be this and talk. And now we're just like, actually let's get closer to the soil and let's sit back down and breathe deeper and be amongst like, connection and people and the world. I remember my grandmother putting on a girdle. I remember wearing nylons, like this really unnatural substance. I remember being told that you weren't allowed to have fun, like Deborah, stop it. You know, like the, so there is this transition of the feminine in her naturalness. Mm. I love what you said about just being able, like, if we all in this podcast took responsibility that when you drink your tea or you have your glass of wine or you have your glass of water or you're entering into brushing your teeth, if you really took the time, this is the pleasure of being in a body and realizing there's 7.7 billion people here. Everyone you ever knew is here and they're on the edge of their seat. People, beings going, let me and let me and I want to go down there. Why? Because this is the most exciting time in her story. I don't call it his story anymore. In her story, mm. we've never had such an auspicious moment, but we've got to return the sacred because we got so tight. We, someone told us we were supposed to be boys. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Like somehow we thought that power meant, I mean, I love business and I play a very tight ship and I love being on time. I respect time like it's part of what I worship. And to know how to be free and fluid and have fun and delicious and scrum diddly umptious, like these are things that cannot be left behind. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I love, I love how you, I can just feel your sensual feminine <laughs> delight in your joy factor, said the Leo, to the, you know, to the Gemini. To the, and any of you listening to this who have lost the fun factor, the yum yum factor, the joy, it's your job to recover it. Like, you have to ask yourself, where in life in the smallest way can I bring back the yum-yum factor? I love that. I made it up. Where it's the I, best. Where can I bring back the yum-yum factor? Like when I eat, I'm way slower than everyone else. Mm. I can't believe it. People eat, like you're like, hold on a minute. This is a, like, you know why goddess gave us three meals a day? So we would really enjoy. Mm. That was the point of the exercise. That's just, but like, and then you can ask yourself, this is how you lose weight. Then while you're eating, you ask yourself, do I really need more or am I really enjoying this bite? Mm -hmm. Everything changes when you start putting consciousness to how much pleasure the smallest thing gives you. Mm. 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 Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I, I love that all of your references are to she, to she's. The goddess gave us this. It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, and, and, and yeah, it is everyone's responsibility because the world right this world right now is not going to be like prioritize pleasure it's going to probably say like keep going hustle do your thing like keep 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 like even thinking about when i was in the bodybuilding world there was so much praise and um what is the word i'm looking for not praise but encouragement, uh, encouragement. when you think you're better than other people um arrogance Something along, it's, some, it's something else, but something along those lines. But there was a lot of pride. It's pride. Pride, said the Leo. There was a lot of pride around, 
I don't live to eat, I eat to live. And instead of like allowing both to exist, there was pride for bodybuilders to say, oh, I don't need pleasure in my food. I only eat so that I can look this way and live. And like that quote used to be all over Facebook and Instagram through that fitness world. And somewhere along the way that got lodged in my head too of like, oh yeah, yeah, I only eat so that I can live. I don't really care about food. I can't even tell you how many fights I would get into with a guy that I was dating when I was a bodybuilder because he would be like, do you like tacos? And I would, my defense mechanism was so strong. It would like, I'd be like, tacos, who likes tacos? I only eat chicken breasts and brown rice. Like I would get mad at him for asking me if I like talk, like, no, it's falafels. We had this one really big fight about falafels. I was so ready to just tell the world to back off when it tried to give me pleasure. Um, and since then, six years later, it's been my divine assignment to see how indulgent can life be. Like even right now, I don't know if you can see this, but I've got like cheetah, cheetah pants on and oh, I have this, my, my work office chair is velvet and we're from the same camp. So, so mm. if you want to ask yourselves, people listening to this, where in my life do like, that's such a great example in my clothes where in, first of all, how much do I allow myself pleasure? That's the first question. Mm. Like you need to hear this loud and clear. We are allowed in this lifetime to come down here and turn this exercise into an example of a being who is delightful because your children, if you have them or don't have them or thinking of them, they're watching you. All that stands behind us is looking. So if we're reprogramming that, you know what, you can do this life from a really ground level pleasure place. It's such a radical departure. I mean, I grew up, it's not, of course, Catholics and Christians have a very limited scope of what they're mm -hmm. allowed. But even as a Jewish woman, there was a, a responsibility of being productive. Like everything was measured by your accomplishments. That's what I grew up with. Like you have to meet these standards. And now I'm saying, I have met those standards. And you know what I do when no one's looking? I have fun and mm -hmm. I enjoy it. And I'm not doing it from a push. I'm doing it from the feminine, which is an organic celebration of taking a deep breath. Welcome to yoga. Making sure that I really slow down and look into the eyes of my beloved, like the dog. <laughs> yeah. Like, when I pet that dog, I make conscious, conscious effort to say, your pleasure's mine. And I really want you to know I'm in love with you. Mm. I was holding my dog the other day. Like we had just this moment of like intense eye gazing. I mean, he normally is on to the next thing pretty quickly. He'll do it for a bit, but he just was locking in with me and we were sitting there and this moment was so deep. We were like in deep practice together of intimacy work. And I just started bawling and I was like, I love you so much and I was just telling him over and over and I was legit tears coming down my face just telling him how much I love him almost hyperventilating and then I then I was done because like for me I'm I'm very responsive to emotions and I've trained myself to be sensitive again after hardening the shell and learning how to be sensitive and I love the like if I go too many days without having a moment where I am like deeply in the beautifulness and tragedy of life because I'm a poet and I want both to exist. I want to see the tragedy and the beauty. I tell you were a poet. That's mm -hmm. your chart. All those plants in the 12th house. So your life is a poem. Mm. No wonder you love words so much. Yeah, I do.
And that is the essence of love, mm -hmm. is poetry of words bringing us closer and closer to each other. Good, I love that. So do you write poetry for real life? I, I was talking to my friend about this the other day. I write, I write the most poetry, the best poetry, and I feel most alive in poetry when I am in love. And when I'm not, or I'm not heartbroken, if I'm not heartbroken and I'm not in love, I write blog posts. <laughs> I write blog posts, I write articles, I write Instagram posts. And it's like the poetry, it, I, have to, I have to dig really deep. Um, and it's more like that's when life really, that's when I feel the sunshine and the strawberries and like, like I'm in it. But then the writing most, mostly comes out when I'm either heartbroken in, in, from a man or I am in, in love with a man. And so um, I, I, that would be one of those things I would love to, to feel more like in touch with that writing. So I haven't had much of that since my last heartbreak. But when, and, and when I was in college, when I was actually incredibly depressed and anxious and I was going through all, like just the, like probably about five years of really just hellish mental states, amazing poetry. <laughs> amazing. Um, to me, I still think it's amazing, but fiction writing, yes. Poetry, yes. On point. And then when life is like actually really quite smooth and just easy breezy and like taking names and accomplishing goals, poetry is like, we'll see you later. It just goes into the distance. It is the angst of the artist that brings the love of healing. I mean, we, we go through pain and then we seek healing. But wouldn't it be wonderful? This is back to the pleasure of being in a body. If we could allow ourselves to stop time and fall in love, not just with the man. Yeah. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. strawberry. I mean, there's mm -hmm. something to be said about, especially for women, the mm -hmm. sovereignty of being devoted to the beloved, to really having a relationship with spirit. That's taken me many, many years to take my attention off the other. And then when the other shows up, it's like, whoa, Nelly, now we got love. But mm. with or without the other, that is, I think, the hardest thing of all for a woman is it took me so, I was such a codependent. I, I think now that, that that is the artist, mm -hmm. is we are dependent on stimulus to bring us to our heart. But when the heart becomes our primary relationship, which, you know, I swear to you, now it used to be, and this is what Einstein said, that being alone when you were young was, what was the word he used? Being alone was uh, lonely. And then being alone when you're an adult becomes sacred. Like, it be, mm. you cherish, that's what he said. You cherish time when you're an adult, when you're in the depths of your own heart. So isn't it funny? Because you're young. I mean, I'm double your age. And I can tell you, it didn't happen until I turned into a real live grown-up, which was in my 50s, that I found out that, you know what? I had to fall in love with life, first of mm -hmm. all. I had an ambivalent relationship with this place. As much as I love the pleasure, the pain body of the sad parts of life, really take me down. Any poet, I'm also a poet, any poet knows that the sadness here is so, my God. But then when I realized, okay, Deborah, you've got to stop with the indulgence of the pain body mm -hmm. and you've got to transfer this to a conscious choice to wanting to be here as it is and then really practicing, which I do daily. What am I in love with today? Oh, today, it's just what you said. It's the breeze. Mm -hmm. like I've, I've literally grown into a mature version of love as a singular entity. Now it doesn't hurt to be in love. I have to say that's really made a big difference, but I was single for a lot of my um, life and I really had to struggle with 
can I be in love without being in love with the person? Yeah. Yeah. And that's when Trevor Hall's music really helps. Like you just pretend all of the things that you're saying is to the beloved. Think of the beloved as your higher self who misses you and longs for you and feels like you don't give her enough attention mm -hmm. and you don't really devote yourself to her and you don't pray and ask her. Like if there's a part of you that's missing you, it's your higher self going, why don't you ever lean into me? Good question. Mm. If you were going to personify this for you, this, this, this other beloved, the capital B that is energy, that is she or, or he, um, how would you personify it? What does this character look like to you? So beautiful. It makes me want to cry. I think of it as I feel first, I do have a feminine representation in my mind is the mother. It starts off as the mother, like, please don't, please forgive me. I often say this, forgive me for not being appreciative. Forgive me for stepping over my relationship with you and negating you. Forgive me for how I treat the disrespect of this planet. And I, so I have a very humbled relationship with the mom. Like I love to serve her. I love to feed her. My fruits of my life's work is all in the name of me serving that which created me. I think of it as the ones that created astrology. Maybe it's not just a feminine, it's a council. Sometimes I think of them and I say, please, Thank you for the gift you've given me of astrology. It's such a beautiful system. May I always give back to you with the same generosity you've given to me. You know, don't ever let me, I ask for help whenever, because I get a little arrogant. I get a little spoiled. Sometimes I just take things, sometimes I complain. Like, I don't, I watch it. Like I go to yoga for the 400th time because I'm a yogi and I'm in that same, I'm in the warrior one, warrior two, you know, I'm in these, and I think to myself, oh my God, how many times, and I say, Deborah, when I get to Shavasana, forgive me for being so arrogant that I've taken for granted the pleasure of being in a body, the privilege mm. of being alive right now, and I have to work it, because I have to say, were I, I mean, maybe you could say this, but I could say, I'm a little spoiled, you know, the fact that I live in North America, that every day I have running hot water in a toilet, I try my best in the name of the beloved to not take her and him and them for granted. And it's a practice because I am a little bit of a spoiled brat. Are you? Oh, oh, thank you for asking. I am such a spoiled brat. Definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm a spoiled brat and, and, and I also see it very similar to you and that I can see my thoughts. And I was thinking about this this morning, actually. Um, so you could probably see I have like, I have these two little moles on my face. Well, I have like one mole above my, my lip and then I have a teeny tiny one here. It's kind of like a little like beauty mark, Marilyn Monroe thing. You know, Marilyn Monroe. And sometimes, sometimes like I get little like wisp, like whiskers on it, like little fa facial hair, a little peach fuzz. And I, w I, this is the first time I've ever talked about this, but I was thinking about it today. I was at the gym. I was at Equinox. I had my workout, like, like luxury gym, of course, and just had a hot shower into the sauna. And I'm like, ah, I have to tweeze it. Like I have to do that once a week. Cause you're Virgo rising. Tell me more. So Virgo risings get picky, peach picky, picky, picky. You're so oh. gorgeous. And what do you know? We can't see those little things, by the way. Just so you know, don't feel bad, but no one here can see them. This is so Virgo. Oh my God, you just disclosed a secret. I have a little facial here. Raise your hand, ladies, if you have facial hairs. Oh look, everyone's raising their hand. You're no, you're no longer alone, Madeline. Spoiled like, brat. Spoiled 
Virgo, little brat. Yes, yes, that's a spoiled brat. Your Virgo starts to criticize you and starts to get really caught. That's your spoiled mm -hmm. brat. Judging, being mean to you. Mm -hmm. You're gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And your little Virgo goes, uh-huh. It's really funny too when people come over to my place, like especially not unannounced because that doesn't really happen. But let's say I, I see a friend outside and they're like, let's hang out for a little bit. I'm coming inside. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. And so they come inside and I immediately go into caretaking mommy mode, which is not like fun, but I'm like, are you comfortable? Is this okay? Here's the lint roller. And I'll quickly like lint roll the couch. And I'm like, okay, it's my dog. Okay. Are you allergic to dogs? Virgo. Hopefully you're not. Welcome to Virgo. Did you not know really? you were Virgo rising? When I, I, do, I do, but when I think of Virgo rising, I think of my structure of my calendar and on time. So tell oh, me more. They're, they're, they look in the mirror and they see the funny little mark on their lip and they stare at it. And that's all they see. By the way, we can't see it. Did you know that? Well, it's because I plucked it today, but. <laughs> <laughs> this is the funniest podcast ever. We are going to get so many. Fun. She disclosed the truth about her Virgo rising. And Deborah talked a lot about this yum yum factor thing. What this, is is the, this is so much fun. The, the show notes for this are going to be amazing. So the point of that story is your rising mm. sign of Virgo makes you a beautiful woman. Marilyn Monroe was Virgo rising, by the way. So oh. Julie Andrews. So was um, uh, Elizabeth Taylor. So was. All the perfect looking women are Virgo rising. You're in the club, blonde hair, look at you. And Aww. they never think they're pretty enough. Mm. Mm. Isn't that tragic? So back to the point of the beloved. If you close your eyes when you ask, what do I see? I think of it as a female at times. I think of it as a mother and father at times. But I always see the beauty with my eyes closed. Mm. And that takes you out of Virgo rising and those little hairs. <laughs> Tiny, tiny little hairs on my face. <laughs> it's so cute. And the truth of our love in, in making love, I think it's so funny. The lights are closed. Our eyes are closed. We are feeling our love. We are not looking at our love. But the external world is the most distracting. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Especially for you, for Leo Virgo. So you want to be careful because the right use of Virgo, which was Mother Teresa was a double Virgo, is, an, uh, is to think to yourself, how can I be of service? And see the purity of my heart, like you're doing these podcasts, because you love to share with us your love. Hmm. It has nothing to do with how you look. Thank God the podcast is not visual. <laughs> uh. well, tidbit, rising sign is what you see. It's called the rising sign. It's your higher self. It's also called the ascendant. Yours is Virgo. You want to read about your rising sign and aim at it. And the right use of Virgo is not the way things look but the purity of the heart that loves to give and serve. That's so interesting. I love the way you just summarized the rising too. You're rising into it. Cause I never thought of, I, I always said that like, or I always thought that the rising is like how the world sees you. And then, and then your son is like how you see you. It's not but, true. Okay. Not true. That in our system. And the last thing I want to say to you is you have no water in your chart. I have a book called the missing element. So you would go right to the water chapter because in the book, there's a questionnaire in the book that says, take this questionnaire and figure out your missing element. And once you know what it is, you open the book to that chapter and you balance yourself out because the belief is there's four elements. Yeah. So you're missing water, which is the sensitivity. It's so funny because it's the poet. Mm. But if you go towards water, you have to break your heart. <laughs> it sounds terrible. Or open it mm. to get to your water. But for you to practice sensitivity on a daily basis, yeah, that, I do. that's a practice for you, Virgo rising with no water. Yeah. And when you're missing an element, that's the name of the book, The Missing Element, 
which I sell on my website. I sign them and I send you a chart. Oh, so you, I love that. If any of you want to get a book. Um, it's a really strong practice, again, of figuring out how to balance so you can get your system balanced, which creates more joy. Because if you're missing an element, water, air, earth, or fire, the whole thing goes. Do, do, is there a lot of people out there who are missing an element? Is that kind of common? Most people, yes. I would say the exception is the balanced one. The majority of people are missing one of the elements. The clue is I'll just briefly tell you. If you're missing water, like in your case, you just drink something. If you're missing water, it means that your emotional body is not easy to access without deep wounding. Like it's hard for you to feel until you really feel. So oh. you, can, you can tend to be a little numb. Mm -hmm. On the flip side of that, if you're missing water, you can cry all the time and mm -hmm. never know how to stop. That can, it goes extreme. I've done both. I used to be totally unable to access everything. And now I, I cry like once ish a day. And I also, I love him though, but it's not a self indulgent pain love. It's always a tragedy plus beauty. Like it's like, dog. like being in love with the dog crying. Exactly. Your eyes. Like Cause I was crying cause I wouldn't have him forever. I know. I was crying about that. And then I was also crying because he's just so freaking adorable and loving and beautiful. So that's good to hear because when you're missing water, the fact that you, because some people can't cry and some people cry all the time. Mm -hmm. If you're missing air, it means that you either can't find words, like people that can't talk and they don't want to socialize and they, or they never stop talking. And you're like, oh my God, I know why God give you air. If you had any more, we would never stop talking. So that's another category. It's the verbal skill set. The third one is earth. If you're missing earth, it means that you can't do money or organization and structure it just bugs you. Or you're so fixated on money and structure, you can't have fun. So it always goes extreme. Mm. And the last is fire. If you're missing fire, you don't have to get up and go to be really excited and get passion and have orgasms and jump up and down because you just feel like you just don't have to get up and go. Or you're so loud and the volume knob never goes down and you have so much fire, you're like, mm. uh, can you turn that off? So it goes, so that's the, that's the two second version but it goes deeper than that. And you find out in the book, what is my missing element and how do I grow it to balance? Cause I always pretend that I pretend there's four wheels on a car, four elements. If one wheels down the whole mm. thing. Goes up. So mm -hmm. you need to have all four elements in balance. Mm. That's so unique. I've never even thought about that. So they can find, okay, I'll make sure I have the link to that on the show notes for this. Okay. Can I ask you just a couple deep divine deep dive round questions before we come to a close? Yes, please. We're, we're almost there and I cannot believe it. This has been like the most fun like podcast. This. Okay. If you were a planet, if you were a planet, which planet would you be? Can I have two answers? Yes, always. You ask everyone this or you just made it up for me? It's just for you. Okay. I would definitely be Saturn because I am destiny driven and very purpose driven and I'm only about wanting to save the healthiness of this planet. So I have a very strong serious. I mean, no one would recognize me if I was Saturn, but I'm seriously wanting to help. So that's Saturn. Mm. But truthfully, I think I'm even better friends with Uranus, even though it sounds funny, because it's the planet of the non-traditionalist who breaks all the rules. It's a revolutionist who never parks where it says don't park and always breaks the rules when it says don't do this. I do that. I'm so bad. So I have a split personality, said the Gemini. On one hand, I'm like super Saturn. And on the other hand, I'm like, crazy Uranus. So I, I have to say both. And you are, you are very funny. So it makes sense that you would have Uranus, the funny name, be one of your planets. Okay. Um, 
Okay, number two, what do you want more of in life right now? You know, it's not me. I want the planet desperately to find some wisdom bodies, some wisdom keepers to assist us in this transition. I am longing for the voices on the political front, on the news, on the internet, inside of social media to start offering kindness. I'm really sad when I hear, every time I hear anything that's of um, disrespect or anything to do with the dark, it just hurts me. So I wish that there was, I wish I had more light that was affecting the collective in a way that had all of us breathing deeply and sighing with relief and anxiety and depression would go away because we'd say, oh, we're in this together and we all love each other. What a nice feeling. Hmm. There's nice. your Saturn, right? That's your Saturn planet. Yes, yeah, yes. I love that. I just want to help everyone. just want to help. Well, you're doing a fabulous job, obviously. Thank you, Madeline. I, yeah. I feel like I'm doing the best I can and because I promise to pace and never push, I'm doing it one person at a time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then they're spreading it off to other people. So it's going much farther. Okay, last question I'll ask for now. What is your favorite book you've read this year? Oh, did you read the book? Oh, you would love it. It's called The Afterlife of Billy Fingers. What? You are going to love this book. It's a 12th house delight. Ooh. It's a true story. It's written by a sister after her brother died, The Afterlife of Billy Fingers. You guys are going to call me after and say, Deborah Silverman gave me the best book I've read in years. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I've never even heard of this. In your bedroom, I can see it now in the 12th house without your mirror looking at your little hairs. And you're going to be reading that book going, oh my God. And then you write to me and you say, Deborah, that book changed my life. I am so excited. Okay, I will have that on the show notes for this as well. And my very last question then, just about oh, you. I know, I lied. I lied, I lied, I lied. I lied. My very last question is, where can people connect with you online? And do oh. you have anything? Yeah, this is a good question. Do you have anything coming up they should know about? That's a very good question. So there's my school coming up in January. It's D-E-B-R-A, Deborah Silverman Astrology, three words, dot com. You go to my website and you say, where's the waiting list for her school? Then I have a platform called bastarcommunity.com where for $22 a month, you can come learn astrology. Mm. And every month is about that sign. There's videos and there's interviews and there's, oh my God. And that's about it. I have a star community and I have the school. Amazing. Perfect. I mean, honestly, and I, I truly mean this, I don't think I would want to learn from anybody else because you are super funny and you are, yeah, like that to me and you're, you're, you're you and that feels so good. We need that in this, in the world, especially with astrology. Cause there are, you know, Adeline, if you want to take the class in January, we would give you a family rate. You just let us know. Cause honestly, it's a game changer, especially during Santa return, which is in March for you. And the class starts in January. Oh, it's March. Oh my gosh. It's coming up so soon. Okay. So you need to know about your Santa return. So you take the class. Thank you so much. That sounds beautiful. And I will make sure I've I'm going to follow up on you. I'm not going to let you go. Okay. Okay. Yeah, please do. Follow up with me. I've, I've looked at your website several times, like looking at these things and been like, ooh, this looks really fun. This looks really interesting. Yeah. This feels really good. I need to my sister right now to offer you that class with the family right. You're the best. You are the best. You are such a delight. Yeah. There Thank we go. you. I just wrote it to her because Aww. I'm not kidding. You will, it will, like that's what happened to Trevor Hall. He wrote a whole album based on astrology because he fell in love with himself. 
I said, how long will this interview be? And now we've gone so long because we couldn't stop because you're really delightful. So you think I, you like me. I like you. Oh, thank you. Oh, this is this is honestly one of my favorite podcasts I've ever done. This is, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was really fun. This feels, this, We had like, and yum yums and we had loving the dog. We did everything we love. We combined everything that is good. Talk about sacredness. We talked about slowing down. We talked, oh yeah, we talked about the sun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. thank okay. you so much for coming on in the show okay i will let you go now everyone make sure that you go to the show notes for this episode and click on all those delicious links so and you should see her right now <laughs> i'm like praying as i'm saying this looking just like looking into a little sky. kid i'm a little kid yes everyone let us know what your yum yums are we want to know what your yum yums are uh comment on the show notes or go ahead on over to instagram and let us know we can't wait to hear from you and we will see you very soon on another episode of the mind body musings podcast there you have it i hope you loved this episode with deborah silverman go to maddiemoon.com forward slash applied astrology to get that free three-part video series see you there